Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 157th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cam. It is game week. Oh, yeah. It's here. I've been ready for it. By the time you're hearing this, it's going to be tomorrow. Maybe even day of. That's confusing. Oh, the game will be tomorrow by the time people hear this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like... (laughs) When you're hearing this, it is now tomorrow, currently. That is that's some what you said. Inception kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry for the confusion. <laughs> yeah, it's it's game week. It is. Uh, Central Michigan game one. Mizzou football is back, folks. We are going to on this week's episode talk about the depth chart, preview week one against Central Michigan, give our predictions. Then we're gonna do. Should we start with the seven-on-seven draft? I'm making making an executive decision. We're starting with the seven-on-seven draft. Wow. Wow. That's radical. And then, because that's kind of like a preseason type uh, segment. Okay. All right. And then we'll dive into week one. That sounds great. Preseason will be behind us. Before we do all of that, though, thank you to all of our subscribers over on YouTube. We blew past uh, 300 subscribers last week. And uh, we just appreciate all of you, and we appreciate everyone that's listening on podcast services. We would love it if you could leave a review over there. Let us know what you think. And, uh, yeah, if you're just watching on YouTube and aren't subscribed, it would help us out a lot if you did click on the subscribe button. Okay, so um, 7 on 7 draft. So we're going to go through, if you haven't listened to this segment before, it's one of our favorites every year. We are going to draft two teams of Mizzou players. The catch is this: these teams are like the video game NFL Street in that the players have to play both sides of the ball. So whoever you draft at quarterback is going to have to play defense somewhere. And, of course, uh, whoever you draft at linebacker is going to have to play on the offense. So... Um, Producer Cameron, do you have like a virtual coin that you can flip for us? <clears throat> I wrote a number down. Oh, okay. It's either wow. a one or a two. Okay. One or a two, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like a coin flip, I get yep. it. Uh, who won last year? Who won? <clears throat> I don't know. We did a Twitter poll and probably Kyle won. <laughs> Why'd you say that? I don't think I've won one of those Twitter polls. <laughs> it's rigged. You probably have. Uh, Kyle won last year, we're going to say. Okay. I was going to use that to decide who called it, but... Go right ahead. Okay. I'll call it heads. Uh, it's a one or a two. Okay. I'll call it two. It is a two. Oh, okay. no. I Okay. I did choose to defer. Uh, what? Yeah. I, I feel like that's a rule that we should have established. I won the toss. I choose to defer. I don't know who Kyle thinks is the slam dunk number one You're pick. You're kidding me. He said, <laughs> that, he said something like that last week in... He talked about, like, you said something about, like, how important the number one pick would be. I feel like there's a pretty clear best choice. All right. Go ahead and take him. All right. The number one pick of the draft for this player is going to play offense and defense. The best player on the team has to be Sean Robinson. Okay. Because he's going to play quarterback and safety. Yes. That's actually an excellent choice. He was my quarterback last year, and I was ahead of the curve because he ended up being a safety I had him as a safety before Mizzou football had him as a safety. Wow. I still lost the Twitter poll. (laughs) (laughs) 
but uh yeah excellent choice uh yeah he was definitely on my short list of players to draft but uh now you've got two picks in a row two picks in a row uh first one's pretty easy um i'm again just like you were looking at players that naturally have a tendency to play both sides of the ball and a player with a history of that is daniel parker jr so i'm going to go ahead and start my roster with daniel parker jr he'll be my tight end and he'll also be on the defensive line and then with my second pick i am going to choose most athletic player on the team mookie cooper good pick he's gonna be kind of my swiss army knife uh offensive weapon and i think he's fast enough to play a little cornerback little corner all right uh so now i've got two picks <clears throat> and i'm going to secure trajan jeffcoat and he will play o-line and d-line of course Hmm. Excellent choice. Do I want to have that dominant line? I think I'm going to... Yeah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and pick Kobe Whiteside. Get that line short up. I don't even have my short list of players in front of me. I'm kind of, I'm like going off the top of my head here. Um, you picked Sean Robinson... Okay, so I've got uh, I've got a lineman in Daniel Parker Jr. I've got Mookie Cooper, and I am going to take just an all-around athlete and defensive stopper, and I'm going to take maybe the best player on the Mizzou football roster, Martez Manuel. Good pick, good pick. What's he? What position is he playing again? He's going to be a safety, and then also play wide receiver. We'll see how it all shakes out. Okay. At the first practice. Um, then I'm up again, and hmm. I'm going to just go ahead and take. Tyler Beatty. I do love Tyler Beatty. Uh huh. All right, good picks, good picks. Um, this might be a little bit of an interesting pick, but hopefully it'll look better mm-hmm. once the season gets going. And I'm going to pick Chris Abrams Drain, and he's going to play wide receiver and cornerback. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to this in a little bit with some depth chart news, depth chart no, uh, notes, news and notes, and news. Yes that Chris Abrams' drain has been looking really good, and he may actually start on the defense. So I will pick him as kind of a all-around athlete. And so I still need a lineman. I still need another wide receiver. And I need a running back. And I'm going to go ahead and lock up Dominic Lovett, who's going to play wide receiver and cornerback. Good choice, good choice. I need to get somebody to snap the ball and block. 
I'm not overly concerned about this player's defensive line abilities. I just want somebody that can slow down your two uh, defensive linemen. So I'm going to go ahead and draft Michael Mayetti. <laughs> he can definitely snap the ball. Yes. No doubt about that. And uh, I get another pick here, right? Yep. Okay, okay. I am going to draft Blaze. Blaze <laughs> Aldridge. Good pick. We'll figure out the offensive side of the ball with him uh, <laughs> later. He's going to be an offensive lineman. All right, so I've got two picks left. I need a lineman, and I need a running back who will also play linebacker. And so for that position, I'm going to pick uh, Dawson Downing. Mm -hmm. He's going to play running back and linebacker. Interesting, interesting. And for my last pick, I'm going to pick Isaiah McGuire. Excellent choice. And I have uh, just one spot left to fill on my squad, and that is quarterback. I was able to wait on that since you took Sean Robinson early. And I am... I'm going to say I will take Tyler Macon. I need a little bit more athleticism at the quarterback position in this type of format where they're going to be playing defense. Yep. You've got that handled with Robinson. I'm going to try to do the same thing there with Tyler Macon. So I think two pretty good squads. I'll be honest with you, I like mine better. <laughs> Tell us who your team is. So I have, in the order that I picked them, Daniel Parker Jr., Mookie Cooper, Martez Manuel, Tyler Beatty, Michael Mayetti, Blaze Aldridge, and Tyler Macon. I've got Sean Robinson, Trajan Jeffcoat, Kobe Whiteside, Chris Abrams-Drain, Dominic Lovett, Dawson Downing, and Isaiah McGuire. My team would destroy yours in real life. I don't know about that. <laughs> Let the folks decide. Yeah, last year we, uh, producer Cameron and I collaborated on a, just a really cool graphic that like displayed the players on that, how they would actually line up on the field. So we'll try to get that together again. Yeah, that'd be cool. And post that on Twitter with a poll. I need you guys to come through for me on this. <laughs> I feel like I'm always on the losing end of these um, draft Twitter polls. So maybe I can get one this year. We'll see. All right, uh, we'll leave it up to Twitter. Now we can move on to the week's news. We've just got some uh, depth chart news and notes, as Kyle said earlier. So we will jump into that and uh, talk about any injuries going into the week one matchup. All right, so speaking of my, my boy Chris Abrams-Drain, um, on the depth chart, he is starting at the nickel position over Chris Sheeran. Uh, I definitely thought that was a position that Allie Green might play, mm -hmm. um, but it looks like he's still um, at cornerback. So Chris, Chris Sheeran is uh, a guy who uh, opted out last year from COVID. So definitely that, that's, that's an important position, especially in a Wilkes defense where the secondary is, is very important. They may, they may play you know five secondary players at the same time quite a bit. So uh, that nickel position is, is very important. So I think we'll see a, a lot of Chris Abrams drain. Um, just fantastic athlete. Started at wide receiver, 
moved to cornerback and now he's playing at the nickel so um they are trusting him to i mean he's had to learn that position quickly but it sounds like he's done it really well uh speaking of cornerback on the depth chart it did have a little or symbol on both positions here on, on both sides of the of the field here but it looks like ish birdine and ennis rakestraw held on to the starting spots for both cornerback um, positions so that means that caleb evans and Aldi green are or the backups i'm using air quotes but I, you'll see all four of those guys a ton i'm sure yeah i mean probably other people predicted the same thing but we definitely in our position previews said that we expected all four of those guys to play a lot and they're not to necessarily be a uh like clear-cut starters mm-hmm. um out of those four and so i'm super happy that that's the case yeah I th- like being able to have that position just locked down fresh legs all the time yeah, because think of what that position might have looked like without those Tulsa those Tulsa transfers. It was going to be looking pretty shallow, especially yeah. if there was an injury or something that that could have been pretty bad. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, one more note on the secondary. Uh, it's not really depth chart related, but Jalen Carlisle um, is the starting safety, and he, but he is suspended for the first half of this game because of a uh, a hit he made last year oh against my. like Mississippi State or wow. whatever in the second half of that game. So we'll see Jelani Williams will get the start at strong safety to, to for the first half. Interesting. Okay. Uh, another depth chart thing, and it, you just never really know how much you can trust the depth chart, honestly. It's more just like a, a guideline, and honestly, it doesn't even really matter who starts sometimes. Yeah. It's like you're going to see all different kinds of, of packages and different players out there and stuff. But James Looper was listed first at slot receiver uh, over Bannister and Mookie Cooper. Um, there were oars for all, all three of those guys, so mm-hmm. you'll you'll see all three of them a lot. But I definitely, it still seems significant that Chance Looper is listed first uh, over the veteran Bannister, over the transfer Cooper. So that is pretty interesting. And Cooper, what is dealing with injury? I think the latest I saw, he's still questionable to even play. That is true in week one. So I don't know if that would look any different on the depth chart if he was good to go. Uh, I don't know. I guess yeah, we'll find out. Um, <clears throat> last thing I wrote down was the uh, Montana State transfer Connor Wood uh, seems to be the first offensive lineman off the bench here. He's listed as second string behind left guard and right tackle. So mm. looks like if they have any injuries or <clears throat> any reason that an offensive lineman needs to come off the field, looks like Connor Wood's going to be going in. Yeah, he ought to see some snaps just to give guys For a sure. breather probably. Um, I did think it was slightly interesting to see um, – Daniel Parker Jr. and Nico Hay are like co-starters. They just are separated by an or, so kind of 1A, 1B. And that perfectly matches what we know about those two players. Daniel Parker Jr. going to be in to block more, and uh, but he can catch the ball. And then Nico Hay, more of the receiving threat at tight end. And then uh, Messiah Swinson was like the, he was the one that didn't have an or. He was like the, the backup to those two. So assuming things go really well for Mizzou in this game and Connor Bazelak doesn't have to play four quarters, who's the second quarterback that comes in? Uh, Macon and uh, Cook just have mm-hmm. an or between the two of them? Yeah. Who do you think it's going to be? Um, in week one, I guess it would probably be Tyler Macon. But I think I – do, I really think they're going to try to preserve his red shirt. So they kind of know what they have in Brady Cook as a backup, I feel like so letting tyler macon just jump out there when the opportunity arises seems to make sense for me okay even though if uh 
I don't even know if this is how this works. This might be just like an idiotic comment, but um, <laughs> if Connor Bay's like were to like go down with an injury, then I think we see Brady Cook come okay. in. Okay, so Brady Cook's maybe a little safer. Yeah, but Tyler making a higher ceiling. Yeah, and if you're already if the you've blown out a team, I say let Macon get some play. Okay, cool. I hope we get to see somebody else other than Bayslack. That'd be uh, that'd be. That'd be great. Yeah, that's not my prediction. Spoiler alert for later. A <laughs> um, quick little vaccine update. Uh, Mizzou is officially over the 85% threshold, um, and that is notable because the SEC announced that if teams don't have enough players, uh, games are going to be forfeited without reschedule, and that seems extreme, but think about how much that happened last year. Like, I'm pretty sure Mizzou only played like two or three games that were actually like they played them when they were scheduled yeah. because they had so much just scheduled madness going on. So right. and obviously COVID is a little, maybe a little bit different than it was this time last year, but um, th- that's definitely a, a much steeper penalty for not being able to field a team this year. Um, also just a couple notes um, about vaccinated players. Uh, the team only has to test unvaccinated players unless a vaccinated player is showing symptoms and vaccinated players are not subject to contact tracing. So a couple of perks for, for getting you know over that 85% threshold. There's just yeah. a lot less testing, a lot better chance you're going to be able to field a team. Right, yeah. Yeah, and from a player's standpoint, a lot better chance you're not going to have to sit out. Like, you know, there, there was lots of stories last year about players having to miss games when they didn't even test positive and felt completely fine but yep. that because of contact tracing, which is understandable, but uh, not going to have to worry about that if you're vaccinated. Yep. Sounds good to me. All right. Are we ready to dive into Central Michigan? I'm ready. Okay. Central Michigan, we talked about them a little bit last week in this, the overall season preview. Uh, they are coached by friend of the SEC, Jim McElwain. He was uh, formerly the head coach at Florida before he was run out of town after not living up to expectations. Um, but he may not even make the trip to Columbia. Unfortunately, he had appendix surgery, and uh, they ex- they are planning on him being available to coach the team on Saturday. But that'd be wild. Yeah. Wait, be, when did he have a surgery? Like today or yesterday? yesterday? Yeah, like in the last twenty four hours. Yeah, that would be pretty surprising yeah. to see him on the sidelines on Saturday. Well, but. the uh, the assistant coach that was like gonna take over in case, or like the the coach that's like running the team as of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, said they plan on him being there. Okay. They're hoping this is just a 24-hour turnaround Jeez. for him. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe they could get him from the hospital bed. They could pull a uh, Hugh Freeze yeah. and have him up in the press box <laughs> in a hospital bed. <laughs> oh, man. Classic. Uh, yeah, that would suck for him, though, if he wasn't able to make the first game of the season, especially uh, getting, like, I feel like for all the coaches and players getting to be back out there in front of fans again, some of these players for the first time yeah, um, in a significant way is going to be pretty meaningful. I think, I mean, if he's not on the sideline, what, I mean, what kind of difference does that make? I mean, I don't know. Perhaps, uh, you know, going on the road first game of the season, having the head coach there to kind of like support everyone yeah. is going to be probably meaningful, but in general, I think most head coaches, and I don't know, Jim McElwain's an offensive guy. I don't know his involvement in the play calling exactly. I mean, that would be devastating for Coach Drinkwitz to miss a game because of something like that because he yeah. calls the plays. Yeah, I feel like um, this assistant coach that's 
would probably be calling plays if, if he weren't there. I, I think they've worked together in the pa- in the past. And coach speak, they would tell you we've prepared. Yeah, and we're going to be fine. You know, we we know what we're doing. We know what the game plan is. But if that re- if that's really the case, I don't think we'll we'll really know for sure. But it can't be a good thing for Central Michigan. I no. wouldn't think if he wasn't there, or even just like as far as their preparation leading up to the game, it's mm-hmm. probably not helpful. All right, so on to the actual team. Um, unfortunately, we do not know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Um, it could be one of three guys, apparently. Uh, we talked in the season preview about Washington transfer Jacob Sermon. Uh, he, I guess, just hasn't really won the job, unfortunately, for him. Um, so they could be turning to redshirt freshman Daniel Richardson, who is a little bit smaller, more mobile quarterback. And then another redshirt freshman named Tyler Pape, who is a uh, more prototypical um, big arm uh, 6'4 uh, quarterback who, who actually is more mobile than Sermon. So um, he might be their quarterback of the future if they're wanting to just go ahead and turn it over to him. We might see him. We, we, it's possible we might see multiple quarterbacks play in this game. Yeah, this is about as nebulous of a situation as you can possibly imagine for a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, it probably sucks for these guys, too. I mean, they, I don't even know if they know who's going to play, right. which can't be good. But I I don't know. You mentioned Daniel Richardson. He was the quarterback last year. Um, 5'10", 205. He completed 64% of passes, had 714 yards and four touchdowns. And at Washington, Jacob Sermon, I mean, he's 6'5", 230. He's that prototypical like NFL-style quarterback yeah. when you think of like his body type but has just done nothing at Washington. He was there for like three years. I think he completed in 2020, he completed one pass for nine yards. So he just hasn't really done it on the field yet. Even though when you look at him, he probably looks like the most ready to go guy. But, and honestly, like, I don't even think that the quarterback is the most important piece of what they want to do in their offense. And maybe that's why they haven't like found a guy, but because the running game is really what they want to lean on, but it's still important to have a, a competent quarterback. Yeah, so, yeah, they're going to lean on running back Lou, Lou Nichols. Uh, he was the MAC co-freshman of the year last year. They had another running back. I can't remember his name, but he was he's out for the year with injury. Kobe Lewis. Yes, uh, he was going to be the starter um, by all accounts, but now is unavailable. But uh, Nichols is more than capable of, of handling the load um, on the ground, and I think they'll mix in at least one other running back, maybe more than that. They definitely, last year, they kind of played it safe. Um, and tried to establish the run early and definitely lean on it. But they had kind of iffy quarterback play and weren't really able to take many chances. They just were very vanilla and standard in their play calling most of the time last year. Um, I know McElwain has said he wants to open up the passing game a little bit more and try to take more shots downfield. So... I mean, that was all they did last year was establish the run, then try to get some deep passes off of the off of the run game. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's not great that Missouri doesn't know who the quarterback's going to be, but at the same time, the reason that's the case is not because uh, uh, Central Michigan has two just incredible quarterbacks that they just can't decide between. It's no, because nobody's winning the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, they they are going to run a, a lot of Wildcat, too. And so, I mean, like I said, the quarterback position just isn't as important to this team as it would 
be to pretty much every other team mm-hmm. just because of their play calling. And, I mean, we haven't even mentioned uh, probably their most impactful player, Khalil Pimp- uh, Pimpleton. Mm-hmm. And he will kind of do it all. Yeah. I mean, he will he will be the quarterback potentially at times in this game if they're going to run it out of the Wildcat. Um, last year, he caught 26 passes, rushed 16 times, and then completed five of eight pass attempts, including a touchdown. So he sounds like kind of a do-it-all kind of player. He so, also re- returns punts. Yeah. So he, he's a definitely a very dangerous threat, and Missouri's going to have to know where he is at all times. Yeah, he transferred uh, to central michigan from virginia tech he is a very um just solid all-around playmaker um like you said he'll line he's gonna line up everywhere in this game Mm. and throughout the whole season and keep in mind some of these stats sound pretty underwhelming but i'm pretty sure central michigan only played like five or six games due to covid so um per game some of these stats are pretty impressive whenever you consider what, what they did but um he assuming mizzou is taking control of this game uh and not like struggling i think uh khalil pimpleton is going to be a really fun player to watch i think he'll just be it'll be interesting to see all the different kinds of things that they might have him do in this game because you know this is a this is a a home run opportunity for for a program like central michigan they've got talent i don't think it's impossible that they could that they could beat mizzou Mm -hmm. i definitely don't think they will but um if this thing is even remotely competitive they're going to pull out all the stops and why wouldn't you oh yeah um to beat an sec team on uh on the road that's a huge deal yeah uh yeah pimpleton's gonna be fun to watch uh i think all season long he'll be kind of one of those um non-power five guys that shows up on espn or whatever on uh, highlight reels and Mm -hmm. stuff um as far as central michigan's defense it's not too terribly scary in my opinion they do have a very good pass rusher in troy hairston he actually started his career as a walk-on and last year was the mac defensive player of the year so incredible job by him he is just uh ferocious i guess is the best way to put it coming off the end uh he is just gonna go all out every single play trying to um blow up the opponent's backfield Mm -hmm. so watch out for him yeah i mean they're really good at defensive end they have a lot of youth at d tackle though so last year they were they had a very solid run defense um, they could take a hit there this year that with with youth and injuries that they've sustained on the interior of the line I would definitely like to see Missouri take advantage of that. Um, you know, if you can't run against Central Michigan, then there might be kind of a scary season. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely think they can take advantage of that. But they've got to definitely keep an eye on, on Harrison. Yeah, I, I could see if this game was uh, later in the season and Mizzou's offense was had gelled a little bit more, um, I think they would not have any problem in this game. Uh, with it just being so early, a lot of times defenses are a little bit ahead of offenses. Um, and I could kind of see that happening in this game. If Missouri struggles a little bit running the ball, um, if the offensive line can't really get that push, if uh, obviously we, there's no uh, Larry Roundtree back there, so if the if Tyler Beatty and, and company can't quite get it going, then if Missouri's kind of like forced to turn to the pass when they're not really ready to, I could see that being a problem. And then Harrison might be able to uh, get some sacks and stuff like that. But I think Missouri will be able to do enough on the ground to open things up in the passing game. It may not. It may take a quarter to really get going uh, for both offenses. Hopefully, for Central Michigan, much longer than one quarter. But uh, for Missouri, I think after a quarter, they'll be able to kind of feel it out, get things going, throw the ball around a little bit, mm-hmm. 
and I think Bazelak will be able to have a good game. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think the uh, the real opportunity for Mizzou is through the air. I think Central Michigan's p- pass defense is, is not very good. Obviously, their pass rush could, like you said, present some issues, but if we can contain their, their edge rushers, I really don't think it's going to be an issue to, to pass the ball consistently whatsoever. Um, you know, defensively, I wouldn't be shocked if it takes Missouri a little bit of time just to to gel. It's a new defensive coordinator. We're running a completely different coordinator. Uh, different defense uh carlisle is not going to be out there for the first half um you know i don't think central michigan is going to go for 300 yards in the first half or anything like that but i just wouldn't be surprised if um, it takes a little bit of time for missouri to work out the kinks got some new players that are going to be relied upon um and same thing i guess with the offense too i mean in some ways we get, we have a lot of consistency but um i wouldn't expect to see mookie cooper necessarily light the world on fire in this first game coming off an injury he didn't play i don't think he played at all last year at ohio state did he so you know he he hasn't you know played in a game in over a year so some of these things just may take time for missouri to kind of gel and figure out what they want to do um and if they're in control of this game then maybe it'll take a little bit of time just to kind of play around with some sets they might even try and stay a little bit vanilla i don't know they may not have that luxury so we'll have to we'll have to see on that if missouri's gonna like if any players on Missouri's squad are going to like kind of take over the game, it's going to be the returning guys on offense. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be Tyler Beatty making plays, um, and kind of sh- he could very easily come out and sh- say like, "Hey, I'm the guy here at running back, and I can, I may not be Larry Roundtree, but I can do okay, and I can be a starting running back in the SEC." Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, I think we could see um, Bazelak just kind of rely on dove and chisholm and just because that's what he's familiar with and he knows those guys are going to be reliable for him yeah i mean i i just don't know that i can, i see central michigan cornerbacks being able to stop six five kiki chisholm six no. four toski dove whatever yeah. he is um eventually even if it takes a little bit of time eventually they're not going to be able to stop those guys consistently i think mizzou is going to be able to impose their will um even if it takes a little bit of time it might they they might be able to do that immediately. I don't even know. Yeah. It might be first drive, we score in three plays. It might be one of those kind of things. Um, that would probably make us feel a little bit better just right. to, you know, anytime you're coming off an off season yeah. and you haven't seen the team play in a while, there's new guys, and uh, you just you just want to see everything work immediately. Yeah, and Missouri scoring touchdowns and not settling for field goals is going to be huge in any of these games that are, um, I mean, there's like two games all season that are like slam dunk wins SEMO and uh, North Texas so any of the other games if you start settling for field goals that's a recipe for disaster yeah so Missouri has to and and I would be happy with them taking some chances and rolling the dice a little bit to try to get in the end zone yeah. rather than settling for field goals yeah I mean there's really two main things I want to see in the game on Saturday and one of those is obviously what the new defense looks like but the other thing is just to, how does Mizzou do in the red zone? That's something we've talked about um, quite a bit in the last few weeks is just how bad Missouri was in the red zone last year. Um, they left a lot on the field. They left a lot of points out there. I mean, thank God we have Harrison Mevis yeah. to kind of clean up some of that. But you just like you said, you don't want to be kicking field goals. And you have to score touchdowns. And uh, I don't know if that's Nico Hayes stepping up or – some kind of reliable end zone threat we've got to be able to finish in the red zone more and so i definitely want to see them be able to do that against central michigan 
Yeah, I mean, if if the red zone scoring continues to be an issue this season, I would like to see them maybe give Bazelak more room to run around the goal line uh, with some like read option type stuff. Just, I mean, yeah. if it's if you start to struggle there, I say just uh, start throwing stuff at the wall, see what happens. I like to think that Coach Drinkwitz obviously knows that was a huge problem last year, and he spent the off season figuring out. Um, how we can improve it because I definitely don't think that it's the weapons. Um, no. I, I I definitely think that the weapons are there. If they can find the X's and O's to, to finish the job, I think that they'll be able to do that. So hopefully they've really examined how they can improve that and, and do so. Uh, yeah. Uh, jumping back to Missouri's defense, um, I think if they can just avoid giving up like a home run play, then... I don't think they'll have too much trouble. Yeah. Um, so just keep everything in front of them, you know, and then just kind of clamp down in the in the red zone. I really don't see Central Michigan really having the the athletes or the execution to really manufacture offense. I don't either. I feel like it's going to be kind of a little bit all or nothing for them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely think we could see some trickeration, especially in the Wildcat. That that can be really hard to prepare against. And uh, I would not be surprised to see them do some crazy stuff, um, have their wide receivers passing the ball, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen when they when you line up in the Wildcat. So there definitely could be one or two of those plays where Missouri gives up a huge play. Maybe it maybe isn't a touchdown, but you know a 50 or 60 yard gain because they just didn't know how to react to something that central michigan did but i agree with you i don't think that they're going to be able to do that consistently enough throughout the game to be able to hang with mizzou so i'm feeling like i'm ready to give my official prediction okay um i think missouri will strike first i think they'll build a lead i think missouri will kind of always be up by a touchdown or 10 points but i don't think it's ever going to be incredibly comfortable. I think Central Michigan will hang around. I think they'll have enough explosive plays to put up some points no matter who the quarterback is. So I think the game will feel easier than the final score here indicates, but I've got Missouri winning 31 to 24. Oof. But I think it'll be a little bit easier on the nerves than that sounds. I think Missouri will be up by... 10-ish most of the game and it'll just be a little bit closer than we're comfortable with at the end but we'll be able to live with it i would certainly hope we're walking into the kentucky game next week with a little bit more um confidence um but i mean that that's certainly in the range of outcomes it's not impossible for it to be a close game um i think missouri is gonna win 35 17 um i think initially i I thought that there was a chance Central Michigan could hang around a little bit, but the more I really just kind of dove into what they have returning and you know what they do well, what they don't do well, I just think Missouri has the edge in pretty much almost every category, and I think they'll just be able to pull away. That's fine by me. Yeah, I mean, 35-17, that's a pretty good score, pretty good prediction. I like that. I, I think, think it'll just that. be a little bit closer then we're comfortable with but it'll be okay everything will be fine i'm so ready to see the mizzou tigers on my television screen absolutely i wish that i'm neither one of us are going to be able to make the game this weekend i kind of am bummed out about that um 
because I know that there's been a push about attendance, but we will certainly do our part uh, later this season. Yeah. Um, just couldn't make it this weekend, but yep. we'll certainly be watching on TV. Yeah, if, uh, if you're listening to this and you are attending the game, we appreciate you uh, showing up and making some noise. There's yeah. going to be some uh, big-time recruits uh, in attendance, so we want to show up and show those guys that uh, the fan base is behind this team and this coaching staff. Um, like you said, I wish we were, we were able to make it. We'll have to get up there for a future game. It does look like it's not going to be quite as hot as we thought. Yeah, thank goodness. I think it's going to be like mid-80s, maybe even a little bit um, cooler than that. So yeah. it should be a pretty comfortable day. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, who do you think gets the first score for Missouri, Missouri's offense? I think it's going to be a Tyler Beatty touchdown run. I like that. Makes sense. I, I, I won't even give a different prediction. That's, <laughs> it's too perfect. Um, okay, yeah. So tell us what you think in the comments. Are we? Am I crazy? Is it going to be a blowout? I don't know. I, I, you know, I can't just be quite that confident yet. I think there's part of me that, um, you know, after the game and we win by five touchdowns, we're just going to be like, why were we so conservative? Like, why were we so scared of this game? I don't know. I think it's just that first game jitters. Um, there's a lot, lot riding on the season as there always is. So a lot of unknowns still for both teams. Yeah. But I think there's a, there's a very very real possibility that we're just like I that didn't really make sense that we were so conservative. But um, it's kind of one of those one of those situations where we'll be very happy to be wrong. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely a scenario where Missouri just like doesn't have to settle for any field goals and is just like finding the end zone repeatedly and has like a 21 point quarter and just kind of blows it wide open. Mm-hmm. I would be happy if that happens, but I just can't see Missouri firing on all cylinders quite this early in the season against an okay opponent yeah if this I, was you know semo or a right more That's of a, a more of a cupcake then i'd be all for that yeah but no injuries please that would be very good that's <laughs> a that's a key to the game for me yeah um okay well we we did our seven down seven draft we got our uh, central michigan preview done a little bit of a shorter episode compared to the last couple weeks i know it seems like we've talked about everything we could possibly talk about at this point it's just time to uh play the game yeah what was that i couldn't be more excited what he looked at me so i nodded oh okay i approved he's approving whatever you were about to say i thought i heard something weird all right um (laughs) you you got anything else for the folks i don't think so i'm just ready for some football i'm ready for it i'm so excited all right everybody you can find this podcast on spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. You can find our t shirts and stickers on our online shop, Missouri Sports Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Lee, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, and 430 Horse. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week after a win. Football time.